we have completed half almost half of the time of this retreat and uh, <coughs> we see that we we have not in a formal way got into relating with god in prayer normally when we think of relating with god the idea of prayer comes into our mind we think we must go for the blessed sacrament and uh, and start re- relating or start praying and if in this retreat you have not felt that way you have not come close to god actually you are missing god maybe you are not allowed to go to god we are stuck up with our negativities of question actually don't think any of you has any doubt that this is preventing you from coming closer to god in any way uh it is the opposite we are becoming more and more convinced that something good is happening that uh, the relationship with, between god and you you yourself and uh, with others will have a better chance from this sort of personal work this is beyond uh, simple imagination that i am loving god or i am in deep relationship with god etc etc now uh i want to say something about uh, freedom I already have mentioned some of the points of uh, freedom means what think without any definition you all know what freedom is and nobody would say what a child does is all the expression of freedom because like uh, the child should be sometimes controlled it doesn't mean that his freedom is uh, curtailed maybe misuse of freedom is curtailed so freedom when we think about or talk about is this that the opportunities should be there no sort of negative restrictions should be there for a person to develop or to enjoy one's own personality i enjoy my personality what uh, i am supposed to be or what i am at this moment that's my freedom and this freedom is not supposed to infringe on others freedom that's why the other one should be more important to me or as important to me as myself so the mutual respect 
is always supposed to be there. So the freedom what we t- talk about uh, during the retreat is this, the inner freedom, enough freedom to love, enough freedom to be what I am, enough freedom to liberate myself if there are some non-freedom uh, factors within me, etc., etc. Enough freedom from what? We already know what, uh, from what we are trying to be free. That is anger, sadness and uh, fear. And the subdivisions of all these. Why these are against our inner freedom? Because basically there are four feelings in a human person. The fourth one is the only positive, that is joy or happiness. And this joy can be disturbed by any uh, negative feeling, any of the three negative feelings, either sadness or fear or anger. In smaller quantity, it doesn't mean that uh, it can uh, destroy my inner freedom. But when they become bigger, uh, bigger in quantity, then they can affect my inner freedom in a greater way. Even smaller things can trouble us. So when I think of freedom or peace, because both are interconnected, I must uh, uh, be ready to find out the obstacles to freedom and peace. Suppose I am uh, anxious in a small way or big way. My freedom to be joyful is affected. And if I am worried in a bigger way, Definitely my freedom and also my peace are affected. So, uh, what am I looking for? Uh, Freedom, we can say in another way, is a condition or the atmosphere where the mind should uh, be without obstacles to freedom. Now this obstacle can be from the past, this obstacle can be from the present, this obstacle can be from the future. You all can very well remember Jesus said, do not worry, because he knew, he knew very well that worry can destroy one's freedom, inner freedom. And he also knew that worry cannot add any good to a person's uh, 
well big. So the voice has grown, you know, uh, a little uh, taller than what he is by worry. Something like that. So though we know that we should not worry our educational background of any type or no educational background at all is not going to help in any way. As such, knowledge should help but in many cases, knowledge should, uh, may not be in uh, or may not be successful to help a person. You know, if I am a worrying person from birth, I will sort of uh, enjoy worrying all the time, unless I make a change within me. Okay. That's natural for me to worry. And we come across certain people who are always anxious. And there are others, uh, we are surprised that why they are so cool. It's a state of the mind of each person. So in order to have freedom, enough freedom, I must go into the feeling level of various types. I cannot only say that, you know, I will go only into the anger level or only into the sadness level or only into the fear level. I need to go into sometimes levels which are beyond all these things. That's why self-awareness is very, very essential, self-knowledge. As I was saying earlier, certain events will make us realize certain realities within us that what we have been considering about the state of our mind up to now may not be uh, the right one. So, uh, uh, in a way, one has to say some negative experiences are necessary for us for growth. And uh, if uh, you work on your negativities in a successful way, and then you will realize that you have become uh, much stronger, much freer, and you have much more wisdom than before only because of the negativities. Hence, negative experiences and if you have transformed in a positive way these negativities. So freedom is to be free from anger, to be free from sadness, to be free from fear. Uh, should one say that any trace of all these things will make a person unfree? No, not exactly. But a person can be affected in a minor way or in a major way. 
So when we look at a person, if we are ourselves such persons, that a person who is hurt from birth through rejection or lack of love or lack of care or through some <coughs> uh, incurable diseases, etc. How are we supposed to be free? Suppose a person is born with incurable disease. Is that person free to enjoy life? Is that person free to enjoy his own, her own personality? We all will say at once, no, it's not that easy. May be a lifelong struggle. Maybe a person is so unfortunate, not because that person is is uh, uh, unwilling. Struggle is there in a hundred percent. That can I? Uh, I want to come to this uh, well-being, at-home feeling with me that what I am is I am is okay with all this sickness from which for a second I will not be free means for a second I may not be free in physical pain or mental pain so for that person the struggle is throughout her life or his life for freedom. Freedom to be happy. Freedom to accept what is there for that person. And then there are many who are lucky. They don't have to have such a struggle. In between things go wrong. So they are supposed to work on their negativities and come to their freedom and as uh, we are told constantly and uh, I have already mentioned also several times that uh, one can never think of a state of freedom a sort of freedom which is lasting, lasting, lasting without any uh, any uh, impact from negativities. The person is lucky enough and can more or less say, okay, I don't have any major difficulties to my inner freedom. So, uh, inner freedom doesn't depend only on uh, personal work on the negativities. So, if the <coughs> the need to acknowledge <coughs> the need of prayer all the time. <coughs> but sometimes people who are gone stressing uh, on the need of praying may forget in a um, losing way that only prayer is needed and the hard work is not needed. Faith is needed 
in God that He will do things for me and the hard work is not needed. That's another danger. Okay. So I need to work, I need to pray. And if I'm not careful, uh, careful means if I don't uh, uh, become aware what is happening to me, then I, I may uh, carry on with a lot of uh, negativities which are obstacles to my faith. Sometimes I may not even uh, have the desire to have freedom. If I am discouraged, it is easy for me to live in that discouragement, hopelessness. And if I am hurt, again it's very easy for me to remain in that state, in that hurt feeling, which helps me to continue in my non-freedom. If I am revengeful towards someone, again it's very easy for me to continue in my non-freedom. That's why Jesus said to Peter, don't take the sword. Don't use the sword. Because that's not going to give you peace or freedom. Because if you do something against someone, that someone will be planning to retaliate or to take revenge on you. So the process continues. And in the world we can see that what happened in the past is going on especially between religions, or between countries, etc. Now, famous example is uh, the ill-feeling between Christianity and Muslim religion. It goes on. Okay, in the past, a lot of uh, uh, inhuman things happened in the name of God. Okay, even now, when we hear that Muslims are... Uh, uh, very happy to insult Christian God and stamp on Bibles and, you know, our holy pictures, etc., in the airports, in their countries and all that. We feel very, very pathetic, I mean, sad and angry, etc. But, uh, what our Christians did also to the Muslims in the past, uh, maybe uh, very cruel sometimes, worse than this sort of a thing. So once uh, uh, a negative feeling is created in anybody, it is easy to continue in that negativity than come out of it. That's where friendship between Muslims and Christians is not yet available, it's not, uh, you know, there all over the world. And it's uh, uh, there are people who are living together in peace, etc. They are not attacking uh, one another. It may not mean that there is, you know, this uh, awareness of the past, what they did to our own people in the past, etc., etc. So Jesus was a very practical man and he said, please don't go into revenge. Revenge is not a pain, a fear. 
revenge is going to make you lose not only you lose your enemy also and from this point of view only the the real purpose or real meaning of forgiving will be understood so god is not commanding us to forgive others as a concession god is commanding us for our own well being sometimes we need some or restrictions or commands or sometimes some hard knocks in order to realize the the usefulness of of working on our negativities so a command may not be that pleasing to us but it will become uh, good for us if we uh, take it so all the time one cannot say okay if you like if you like you do it sometimes we need to be forced and uh, i don't think jesus was leaving his disciples all the time today uh, freedom freedom because we all know that we are not fully free so we may knowingly or unknowingly misuse our freedom so someone who has got more wisdom should guide us to come to uh, freedom this is the role of our elders especially our parents and that's why children of unliberated uh, parents are in a bad situation to enjoy life or to make life uh, successful so if we have uh, a good persons in our life history to lead us in the proper way in the correct way then things go easy for us and if we are ready also to take their guidance so <coughs> what happens to us is that normally people do not uh, uh, explain to us why they are sometimes harsh why they are not giving us freedom the way we want a child has uh, started smoking or doing something uh, not uh, good for itself if it carries on so a little punishment is useful now lately i hear uh, i read somewhere or uh, uh, heard somewhere that in the west slowly people are realizing that what they have been continuing in the name of psychological freedom for children that they should not be punished they should not be scolded they should not be restricted with their freedom they should be allowed what what they you know that's the best way etc etc now slowly they are realizing that certain amount of restrictions should be put on the children because children are not able to understand the uh, ill effects of doing whatever they feel like doing because they have no thinking power they have no experience of uh, what is called knowledge that if i go on doing this i go on eating only what i like is not going to be a use i mean useful for my health it can damage my health yeah. 
a child will always like sweet things. So it cannot be just allowed to go on eating sweets, 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 and then neglect other good uh, essential uh, items of food for what are necessary for good health, etc. So certain restrictions. So in my self-knowledge uh, or in my self-search, maybe I may not be able to put these sort of restrictions by myself. And we all are uh, you know, aware of this. We have good intentions that I don't want to or do this or I want to avoid this occasion or I want to avoid this type of food etc etc but when that moment comes it's easy for us okay to say next time this time oh it's not going to do any harm for me you know and then uh, later on we realize that we are becoming more and more weak that's why the the work has to be continuous that our work on inner freedom should be continuous otherwise we can become weaker and weaker so finally uh, what there is uh, a lot of wisdom in the past that's why scriptures become important for everybody not only one type of scripture because human experience what is in the scripture is human experience okay what is liberative experience they are putting into a written form and we call it what we consider as sacred as scripture because they are very very helpful for human beings and scripture becomes uh, <coughs> useful for whole humanity that's why I always wonder why we always go back to our scripture or other religions will go back to their scripture and why the modern people <coughs> generations and up for generations now cannot create such wonderful uh, helpful things as our forefathers who had been before centuries and centuries 2000 years ago or 3000 years ago or more than that you know why uh, we go to some Indian scriptures and the modern man with all the scientific uh, progress not able to produce something greater than what they had without any scientific uh, uh, knowledge of today and uh, we are not able to go much beyond them or we cannot say to be our wisdom is superior to their wisdom and how why today we always go back to the old people why are we with all our educational qualifications etc etc are not able to go back I mean go beyond all those and why the necessity to go back into scripture may 
maybe same thing they have achieved freedom and we are going back into their guidelines and those guidelines are still helpful for us to achieve freedom the only danger is that if we start interpreting exactly that they wrote exactly they use the words exactly as it should be etc now we know when we use the word stupid it has got several meaning when i use uh, you stupid for my best friend stupidity that word stupid means something else then when i am angry and use that same word something different it's not the first you know so when we go back into a written word we may not be able to know from what point of view exactly it is used so when certain threats etc are, are written there in the scriptures are they really men the way we are thinking or there are other ways and those people are not there to say so there is many misunderstandings even people who are directly hearing the speaker sometimes a word is used in a joking way and the person misinterprets when i call someone stupid is not that person i mean i really mean to call that person stupid maybe when we talk in our ordinary conversation we can't pre-plan all our words they, they just jump out and only after the words come out we feel that such words should not have been used we ourselves will feel a twinge no i didn't want to use but it came without my knowledge okay that's why now in uh, our political speakers and uh, religious speakers like pope and all they will never speak offhand no? they always wish that if they spoke rather than read because they want to avoid mis- <coughs> misunderstandings like this <coughs> so the 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 purpose of scripture is this that we are getting guidance from people who struggled for their freedom okay and we have to understand what they are trying to convey to us <coughs> if we have <coughs> very <coughs> narrow in understanding <coughs> or interpretation that's a danger of verbal interpretation according to uh, the the words written as they are then we do a lot of damage to our own self and to others so a fundamentalistic uh, interpretations of scriptures and doing tremendous amount of harm to every religion people who believe in uh, every religion <coughs> and let's think of our uh, 
our own life situation i mean ordinary conversation haven't you heard mothers really uh using dirty words or bad words out of love sheer love to their children not with bad meaning but with good meaning in our conversation with our friends the dear ones who are close to us we use sometimes language which is very offensive but the person the friend doesn't misunderstand the friend knows exactly what the other one is meaning but that sort of a thing is not there when we read a written matter now i may say one very dirty thing to my friend in a letter and somebody reads that letter and will say this man doesn't have any regard for his friend from the words they and the reader is not in the wrong but the reader is not in the correct position so that's why we need to be very careful with our scripts and that's why we need to be very careful with what others tell us this is the way to freedom we cannot follow the the guidelines in the exact way what we are told to do so we have to personalize you know with our own capacities with our own limitations etc etc that's why the personal freedom should be given to everyone and if it is not given one should fight for one's own personal freedom okay the guidelines are there but they are not the only way or the exact way now you see on the road some children won't walk on the road they will walk on the side of the road where there are pits and uh, you know uh, stones and all but they enjoy going that but they also reach the destination okay. and the elders will feel that it's dangerous for them to walk on the side where is gutter and all these things there or if it is on the countryside there may be bushes or poking things so our legs you know but they like to go out of it. but then the elders the parents would say what's the road meant for things like that you know but there is if they reach without hurting themselves okay well and good we cannot say you could not reach by the side of the road walking on the side of the road etc etc but then we cannot encourage a child to walk all the time outside the road and put himself into danger suddenly he may fall into a big ditch or something like that or some thorny bushes and there which would hurt him or destroy uh, his clothes etc etc so one may have to push the child or pull the child onto the good road okay that's not against against that child's freedom 
So when I go into, our, into my own obstacles to freedom, I need to become very, very observant. That's why in our Asian tradition we are told to look, see, see what is there inside, be aware, you know, be aware what is happening. And very many of us are very numb in our awareness. Numb means when somebody touches that part. I myself touch that part. I don't know. I don't. I don't know where I touched, or that part where I touched. That part doesn't feel. That's why sometimes the doctors take some some stick or something or cotton piece to find out whether there is sensation in the uh, <coughs> you know uh, most uh, delicate way if somebody pokes with a, an umbrella okay even those who are rather numb will know that there is something but then if we want to find out if a person has got real sensation then they take some cotton piece or something and touch and see and if there is no senses. So, and uh, the person is told to close the eyes or look somewhere else. Uh, can you feel? Did I touch you? Or where did I touch you? And if the person has got sensation, would say, ah, it is there. So the doctor knows the person. Other one will say, no, I don't know. So this may be the mental state for many of us. Many things are happening to us we don't. That's why the role of meditation, the role of silencing of the mind is this that we create the facility to be sensitive to everything what happens to us. And in our normal traditional way of praying, etc., etc., this is not there. That's why with our years and years of praying and all, our sensitivity does not improve. And that's why in the eastern uh, uh, countries, Christians are not people who are known for deep spirituality. They will say, how can these people become deeply spiritual without meditation? They've got nice prayers, lot of silence in the church than in their temples and all. You know, in our Christian church, normally we don't see people chatting away and all this. Some exceptions. So anyone in India who come for a wedding uh, <coughs> mass and all, they always remark if they come for the first time, oh, what a silence. And you go for a Hindu wedding, nobody's bothered about the amount of, uh, you know, whatever all goes on there. The silence, the, <coughs> the priests themselves when they are reciting their prayers and all, it's great fun to watch them. So, and you feel, how can a priest go on doing like this? Sometimes our priests also, you know, many people say that when that priest is saying mass, he is distracted and he is looking who is who is sleeping and all this and all that. No. That happens in convents quite often. 
Now the priest is worried about the rich, rich nun is sleeping, you know. And then at one shot it. There's some exceptional priest in our side also. But that's not common. <coughs> so the awareness, awareness, what is happening? And uh, one uh, example is that when we get hurt, most of us laugh. Most of us have got this facility from where we got this training, I don't know. I don't think any parent would say when you get hurt you laugh. Maybe the child sees others doing it and they, they, it grows in that way. Uh, <coughs> and uh, many of us are afraid to show what feeling we have, the genuine feeling we have. So we cover up. Usually when we have to cry, we laugh or we smile and that's a way to show that uh, you know we are quite uh, mm, okay we are not that stupid we are not that weak etc that is one very damaging condition of ours that we cannot be free and I always feel uh, happy to give Jesus as the example. A man who did not feel ashamed, who did not feel uh, low, you know, below dignity to express his feelings. And I wish we all could do as he. When he was angry, he used bad words. He used abusive language. When he was sad, he cried. And the stupidest situation in which he cried is before raising Lazarus. That's why I say stupidest situation. Because he knew he was going to raise Lazarus up. I, I see the situation. When you women see something, or sad, etc., etc., on a screen, naturally tears come into you. Though you know it's only acting, it's natural. Or when you hear something bad is happening to your friend, tears come. You cannot control the feeling. That's because you feel with that person, and men usually don't get. And Jesus was a little womanish. That's why he got tears. <laughs> God actually, <coughs> he was sensitive to his feeling. So he could not control that his friend was dead. And uh, his sisters, his friend's sisters, Martha and Maria, etc., etc., they are all upset, I mean, very sad at the death of... So, where, whether intellectually you are supreme, etc., etc., sometimes emotions overtake us. And here is Jesus who was overtaken by sadness at the death of Lazarus. Not only for Lazarus, but for the people who are around. So we are suddenly taken up by our emotions. Okay? And then 
he had the freedom to cry. And the question of the scripture, see how much she loved. You know, people's spontaneous reaction. And we in our religious life, the pathetic situation is what? We had to be artificial all the time. Artificial. Not like Jesus. But we are supposed to imitate Jesus. We are not supposed to act like Jesus. We are supposed to imitate Jesus. That's why I am sure all those who are not uh, religious or clerics would say, you know, all these people are very artificial people. They are not normal human person. The normal way. I mean, <coughs> if a priest or if a uh, uh, sister uh, react in the normal way, there are many people who are there to condemn, find fault with. You know, from the priests themselves, from the sisters themselves, and from the religious people themselves. So I am advocating for freedom to be normal, to react according to our own feelings. Okay. And we should not judge someone because someone was very spontaneous. So, <coughs> of, you know, if somebody said a dirty joke, whatever type of dirty joke, whether it is actually a dirty joke or something, other dirty joke, that is, uh, uh, you know, put forward all the time for years and years to condemn that person and that person is not good. And this happens to all of us in the families and in any other place. <coughs> so we, we cannot, and that's why Jesus said, do not condemn, do not judge. He's not talking about final judgment, because that was not possible. He's talking to an ordinary people, the ordinary life situation. And he knew that no man is there capable of making a final judgment against somebody. So he was talking about, you know, our ordinary way of evaluating others. <coughs> so I always uh, condemn the nuns. You know, they look at a priest who is very pious and will say, Oh, he's a very holy man. And another fellow comes without showing any pride. Oh, he's not holy. He's not a holy man. He's not very impressive. And they won't accept him as a holy man. They will outright reject him. <coughs> so we, let's get out when this uh, religious mentality 
And I would say that we have to go to look at Jesus of Nazareth as an ordinary man dealing with ordinary people, not out of convicts, you know, some extraordinary people. He, he did not spend all his time to, uh, to talk to the Pharisees, the clerics of his time. He was talking to general public and especially the sinners, the unwanted or rejected people, etc., etc. But there the clerics also uh, were there, sometimes they came to find out, uh, you know, sneaking in, etc. The spies also were there <coughs> to find out how to catch Jesus. But he was talking as a lay person. And I have a tricky question now, you know, a naughty question. Was Jesus a religious or a lay person? And you all who are uh, clamoring for lay spirituality and all, uh, you have to become aware of this fact was Jesus a lay person or a religious person and how can the religious think or advocate that religious way is the only way or the best way to be Jesus who was not a religious uh, let me uh, bring the others John the Baptist was a religious, member of a religious, a sin group, if I'm not mistaken. He was a monk, sort of, what we would say. But we know that from the scriptures, there is no, no indication at all that Jesus was a member of a, a religious group. And he was in the family, working as an ordinary carpenter. And all we know, we are told that for 40 days, whether it was exactly 40 days, or that was their way of saying, etc., we don't know exactly where it was. But for a, a little longer time, he went away to pray for, by himself, in silence, in fasting, etc., etc. That also we know. But this doesn't give any indication that he was a member of a religious order or organization or whatever it is. Okay? So that, uh, keep that naughty question, especially you, <laughs> you lay people. Now you will have to uh, appropriate the misappropriated Jesus by the religious and projecting religious are in the better way to to acquire God. So we have to become more and more convinced with our freedom of I'm saying this freedom offer by Jesus of Nazareth. He didn't restrict anybody to one type of life to get him. And his first priests were married priests. 
He didn't restrict his priesthood to only to non-married people. See? These are factors there. Also, <coughs> we have to gradually, when we work on our negativities, we start realizing that we can understand scripture in a better way than scripture scholarship can do. Okay? Because if I say I have difficulty to appreciate this or to enjoy this, if you have a personal experience, then you can imagine what is my difficulty. You may not know exactly because each person cannot. You know, one person cannot enter into the heart of the other one. Only more or less guess. more or less, you know, can feel with another one, but one cannot exactly feel. I am quite clear about it, and there is no need to argue about that, okay? Now, let's take uh, one simple example. All of us must have taken injections. So, what poking pain I get with one injection, you can imagine if you have taken it, but this pain, what I got, is not exactly your pain. But you are in a position to understand what type of a pain I have. Suppose you have not got taken an injection up to now. You cannot imagine what poking. You have your own imagination which may not be very, very close to this. Okay? So that's why the scripture becomes more meaningful if we have our personal experiences, you know. So, the scripture uh, explanations are always limited, however scholarly it is. And our own understanding also will be limited. Limited. Well, it happens that way. So, the, it doesn't mean that uh, uh, that is bad. That's our limitation. So when I come back to my freedom, freedom to love, freedom to grow in love, freedom to give love, freedom to receive love, and love is not a restricted thing. Love is an open thing. So nobody can say, you should love in this way only. My freedom. Freedom is always open. Freedom is not a fence which is encircled. A fence uh, completes a sort of a circle. Or if it is not in a circular way, okay, there is other corners. Maybe a wall there and it is closed. So our freedom is not a closed thing. Our freedom is an open thing. Freedom is, you know, freedom is connected with love. 
of freedom should lead us ultimately to love which is unlimited so we can say that freedom also is unlimited but in a limited way okay. the freedom uh, if it is unlimited we may miss love we may miss justice we may miss respect for other human being or respect for myself etc etc so the freedom what we are talking is is this freedom whatever freedom it is am i ending up in love which is unlimited okay. this we have to be very careful is my freedom taking me towards love towards self love towards love for others towards love for god so our love is a trinitarian love not the usual trinitarian not father son and uh, spirit trinitarian means uh god i and others three factors very often we are caught up in either in the self i or sometimes those who neglect one's own self and only bothered about others in this context it's better uh, better to remember jesus is saying if you save others and you don't save yourself what is use and only others and you lose yourself or only you are bothered about god pleasing god in the rituals and prayers but you don't bother about yourself and you don't bother about others and you think that you can please god through your prayer or through your sacrifices or fasting etc no this three should be all the time connected interconnected each should get its own importance so if we become more and more aware that uh, i cannot think of love without me without others without god so uh, this is a moving love it's not a stagnant love that i should not get stuck up within me as way the westerners find that the easterners are with their meditations are all stuck up with themselves that may be a wrong understanding anyone who makes Uh, interior journey that will will be forced to open up once you get stuck up inside if there is any proper inner search okay so one cannot say that oh so and so is not in social work he doesn't love others or these people who are alone you know say these people are lost in other people they cannot find themselves they are not in touch with themselves and all because these are things which we normally go on saying or thinking i am in a better position with god i am in a better position with freedom etc now finally one has to see within oneself not thinking so again we have to come back to the feeling level how free i am to be in touch with freedom and with 
this freedom to reach truth and this truth should take me to love and that is ultimately god all embracing god so slowly slowly we have to start loving silence or being alone coming into into a sort of a seclusion and uh, this mind level depth level deeper deeper levels which can take us slowly slowly into deeper realization realization does mean it's an immediate happening it has to be dug and 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 one can say when the realization comes sometimes the realization comes as i said yesterday in bits and then suddenly one big explosion we go deeper and suddenly we may get stuck up with some negativities again or with some ignorance again stuck up again we have to start digging 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 so tremendous amount of humility we cannot say all these years i had wisdom now i'm not going to to you know be humble enough still i have to dig still i have to make effort hard effort of you know a very painful effort to know what reality is so a person will always feel when one grows in 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 depth one has to be more humble than before okay. more humble than before this is not from a piety point of view to impress others etc no one will realize that i have not got much but others may think that i got much i have plenty of wisdom but deep inside me i realize still i'm not i am not okay so this is the the state of the mind when we go deeper and deeper in our inner freedom we will realize that we are not all that free that's a humility you know so let's uh, uh let's not uh, not become stupid to say that oh it's enough one week is enough two weeks is enough or one month is enough for wisdom or liberation or freedom 